Welcome to Officer Wellness with Brian Manley, an informative discussion between retired chief Brian Manley and a guest about key topics affecting officer health and resiliency today. Officer Wellness is powered by Off-Duty Management, the experts in off-duty job administration. Well, today we're joined by Sherry Heichelbeck. She is a first sergeant uh, serving in the Professional Standards uh, Bureau of the Indiana State Police. And uh, we're going to talk uh, quite a bit about uh, Sherry's career, uh, her commitment to her personal health and wellness. Uh, Sherry, kind of what got you on that path um, and, and how that expands to just being informative to all of those that serve in the, in the law enforcement profession uh, because we understand the challenges with officers' health and wellness, um, the, the drains of the job, the demands it places on, on the men and women that serve, and then unfortunately some of the unhealthy coping mechanisms that uh, officers find themselves engaging in to, uh, to deal with those stresses. But uh, first of all, by way of introduction, if you could, uh, just talk a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, what got you into law enforcement and uh, where has your career taken you uh, over your uh, 28 years that you've served now? Well, thank you, Brian, and thanks for having me. I never really planned on being a police officer when I was growing up. I didn't have any police officers in my family. I didn't really even know any police officers. Come from a rural area in Spencer County, Indiana, and um, you know, grew up kind of the standard way. You know, finished high school, went to college. Uh, you know, I was an athlete in high school, and and then also in college, I was on the swimming and diving team, and you know, younger times did a little other sports. But I was always pretty active. And living in the country, I was always very active with hobbies and horses, and we had a cattle farm, and and just you know, a really good life. So I graduated from college and have my uh, degree in psychology and found out that there, as with the bachelor's of psychology, I was a little limited in my area. And so I kind of looked around at what other passions I had. And, and I always had a passion with, um, you know, animals, tra training dogs and, and riding horses and things like that. And so we, uh, I was looking into, you know, what I could do to merge uh, my passion with, with particularly dogs and uh, and then my psychology degree and it led me to law enforcement so I um, applied to the Indiana State Police I was very lucky it was it was back then it was very difficult to get into law enforcement agencies and a lot of applicants would come in to the state police and I was lucky enough to get selected and then during the academies when I really began to love the agency and learn the history and and everything about the Indiana State Police and what they stood for and, and our visions and and really that's where I really got the I guess the bug uh, that's where I really decided that this was a good career for me and so I was lucky enough to get assigned back to my home district I was a road trooper and enjoyed that you know did the you know drove the car and pulled the car the uh, people over and and uh, arrested drunks, worked criminal cases. I always had an interest in the criminal cases. And then I was eventually promoted to a crime scene investigator. And I did that job for approximately eight years as well. And really loved that kind of work. And it, it led to uh, support of the family. Uh, I, my schedule, even though I had call outs, I was able to attend a lot of the kids functions and things like that because I was available um, with the schedule I could flex it. And then after that, I was promoted into the professional standards, which now currently it's it's labeled internal investigations. We you know we have changes in law enforcement to how we look at things, and 
I've been there for about 12 years. It's, it is a good career. Um, it, it's a shame that we're having trouble getting applicants now uh, for the state police and other law enforcement agencies. But for me, it's been a very, very good career and I've enjoyed the Indiana State Police. And you mentioned the difficulty it is to find applicants. And it was interesting because, you know, you and I, our careers, uh, law enforcement careers began, you know, relatively uh, close in time. And and I, too, found that back then it was very competitive to get into police agencies. And sadly, today, I think agencies around the country are, are just finding that difficulty in recruiting, just given where the profession is right now. And unfortunately, that leaves so many agencies understaffed and therefore the officers are overworked. And that so feeds into you know, just all the other stressors uh, that the job places upon those that serve. And I think that's why this is such an important topic to talk about, that being the health and wellness. And and you you mentioned that you were an athlete, you know, through, throughout school, diving and swimming. But uh, what, what is also quite interesting is that you have become the, the ultra athlete, um, you know, over the years. And, and I want to get into that a little bit. And just to kind of set the stage is, you you compete in in Ironman races and and uh, have pushed yourself to running these ultra endurance 140 mile races and uh, you know I, I hardly want to go 140 miles in a car never mind on my own feet or or on a bike or swimming so I really want to get into what what motivated you to become this endurance athlete that you are today. And then uh, as we talk about that, I'm sure I'll have some more, uh, some more questions. Yes. Uh, you know, as, um, as life changes, uh, jobs change, families change. You know, my children were, were growing, growing up, starting their own lives, moving out of the house, and uh, just had a lot more free time than I did. You know, I had four children. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. My oldest, oldest is my daughter, and then I had three boys, and the they've gone on and I've got two grandchildren as well, but the uh, originally kind of when the house got a little empty is, is when I, I started looking more into some of the uh, Ironman events and the triathlons, and I, I always had ran uh, and worked out and stayed fit. Um, I was on the dive team for the Indiana State Police for about 16 years, and because of that, you really needed to keep your fitness levels up in order to be efficient uh, as a diver and be strong enough to handle all the uh, the weight and diff- different things like that 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 whole part of the job entails and after I about 2015 it, it was two things one was for stress and and being able to unwind and and I always liked to run and and felt good about that and always felt good afterwards sometimes you don't feel very good in the middle of it but once it's done you feel pretty pretty happy and I had a friend that was doing triathlons and and as it may sound a little flippant, but it was like, well, I'll give it a try. And so I, I did a short one with her and liked it. And she was doing some as well. And we had some other friends that did them. And so we started doing the, the shorter distance, which is only 70.3 miles. It's the half distance of the full Ironman, which is the 140.6 you mentioned. And then I did a half in Chattanooga and it was like, well, this wasn't that bad. And there was a full in Louisville, uh, in the fall. And I thought, well, I did this and I'm already trained at this level. So train through the summer and do a full. And I did, and I was successful. And after that, I've just kept doing them. And I really think it's a, it's a good way to handle stress. It's definitely not probably for everybody, uh, but it's definitely the, 
you go to these events and they're so positive. The racers are positive. Uh, everyone's cheering. Strangers are cheering you on and handing you water. And it kind of reignites your faith in humanity. You know, you have, you know, in our law enforcement career, normally when you have contact with strangers, a lot of times some are suspects. You see these different crimes that you have to process and be part of. And you lose a little faith in humanity. At least I did. And these events really kind of opened my eyes that there's many more good people in this world than there are the ones that we sometimes have to deal with with our profession. And it's just, it's good to be around people that maybe aren't in law enforcement and just have a little bit different mindset. And I think it just helps broaden your, your friend base and your support base. And that's really why I kept doing what I was doing and enjoying the races. You know, sure, you hit on, on a very important point, and that is that officers need to find that stress outlet, whatever that is for them. I cannot imagine that for the vast majority, it's going to be going out on a 140-mile trek, but you found what works for you, and that is so important because if you don't have that outlet, the negativity of the job can really take over, and then we see what we see is so many officers falling into negative coping mechanisms, whether it is um, you know, alcohol or substance abuse, we don't sleep well. Um, and then, of course, that can lead to a myriad of other uh, health complications. And so finding that outlet is so important. Uh, I know when we were talking the other day, I joked that I, uh, I would run half marathons and never once at the end of the half marathon did I feel like turning around and running back. But I, I did set that personal goal one year and ran one full. And, uh, you know, I, I, my hat's off to you to compete at the level that you compete at. Um, and, and I have to ask you, in, in the middle of, of this race, you said, as you said, it, it gets difficult in the middle of the race. you got to reach deep and push yourself. Where do you find yourself going mentally during these races that allow you to, to stick with it and to push through uh, those moments in the race that are harder than others? Well, I think a lot of it I pull off of some of the other athletes. You know, I, I, I think about what I'm doing. I think about my, what, what my goal is. You know, you, these races do have time limits. Uh, if you don't finish the race in, in the right amount of time, then it's a, it's a DNF, which is a do not finish or did not finish. Uh, and so I, I'm very goal oriented. So if I sign up for a race, you know, even if I'm slow, I'm going to finish the race. But in those times where it's tough, I, you know, I think about what my goal is. I think about how much training I've put into it. Uh, I, you know, just keep driving forward. And, uh, and if I, if I want to slow down or I want to stop, I just push it to the next minute. It's like, well, let's go another mile, you know, and let's go another mile. And the next thing you know, those things add up and, and you keep going and you keep moving forward. And then you talk to people and you meet people along that at maybe at one point you'll be running a certain, um, speed and you'll end up running kind of with the same group of people. So then you'll start talking and small talking back and forth and, and find out where they're from and different things about them and why they're there. And it's, it's very empowering. And then there's also that aspect that if I can do this and I can handle the, um, the stress on my body and the stress on my mind, there's very little that life can throw at me that I cannot handle. And that may be a little unique uh, with my type of personality, but I just, it's like if I, no matter how bad of a day I'm having, I, I know what it's like to have, 
you know, a more challenging day physically. And so I think that helps me kind of build some armor and go through there. Uh, one of my most difficult races was in Florida and it was pouring down rain. I'm running through six inches of water. It is miserable on everybody. And, uh, you know, I have those thoughts of why in the world am I doing this again? And, uh, I come around the corner and my husband is cheering me on and telling me to go, go, go. And I'm doing great. And, and he is, he is a great, um, race supporter. So he'll drive in the car and, and get to points where he can see me, whether I'm riding the bike or running and cheer me on. And then he'll track me because you can track on an app where the, the athletes are and he'll move around and get to the next place. And, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's a long day for him too, but having that family support and having someone tell you that you have this and that you can, you can do it, you can complete it makes all the difference in the world. So as you were talking about that, it made me think of one of my, uh, my more inspirational quotes and it's from Admiral McRaven. And it, uh, it, it is basically the only easy day was yesterday, uh, right? Life is full of challenges. And if you got through yesterday, you'll get through tomorrow. And so, um, you know, you talked about breaking it down into those manageable levels that to think about it instead as, you know, getting through the next mile, not getting through the next 60 miles. And so I think that is so important in the areas of health and wellness that for those officers that are struggling, uh, trying to beat their demons, that they get through today and not worry about getting through tomorrow, next week or next month and to break it down into those, those manageable levels. That is so important. Um, it, it was interesting to hear you talk about your most difficult race because as you were speaking, I was wanting to ask you and will now ask you, what's your most enjoyable memory, uh, whether it be your favorite race or, 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 or just a memorable moment within a race? I would have to say my, my absolute favorite race I did is the one that's it's a triathlon. It's called Escape from Alcatraz. And it's out in San Francisco, of course. And they take us out on a, a boat to the close to the island and it's a lottery-based race. They can only have so many racers. So you put in that you want to do the race, and then they it's pulled out by lottery. And I was lucky enough to get selected. And, you know, we jump off. The, the bay is about 60 degrees, which is pretty cold for the water we're normally in. Uh, we do wear wetsuits, or most of us do. There's a few people that didn't on that race day, which is amazing to me that somebody couldn't wear or did not wear a, wet, a wetsuit in 60-degree water. But you jump off the boat and you're, you're swimming through the, the bay. And I remember pulling up and looking behind me and looking at the island of Alcatraz and then looking in front of me and seeing the Pacific Heights and how that, that land looks as you're going towards it. And it was just, it was just an incredible race and it was so much fun. And then of course, you know, you get out and you ride and you run and San Francisco's very hilly and very challenging. But, you know, all of these races at the end, they have music playing, they're announcing your name, they're congratulating you. It's just such a, a rush of support and fun. And so even at the end, no matter how sore you are, or how tired you are, it's just a great time. And I didn't travel a lot before I started doing races and we've kind of made the races our travel. Um, you know, I'm, kind of a homebody. A, a lot of police officers I know are, are more, you know, they want to stay home and they don't like the, you know, big groups and big crowds. And this has gotten me out and I've seen parts of the country that I wouldn't have seen any other way. And 
there, there's no better way than really seeing a, a, an area than riding and running and looking, you know, because you're going so much slower than in a car and just taking in what that city or state has to offer. So having been to Alcatraz a few times myself, just taking the tours and getting to see that, I, I honestly could not imagine swimming in that water and, uh, and again, with the goal of getting to the other side. Uh, and I, I, I do know how cold that water is too. So that, that is an amazing accomplishment there. Um, reaching out, though, to those that are listening from the officer health and wellness perspective, it was interesting because you talked about, you know, that given your druthers, you would probably stay home and, and be more of that homebody. And, and I think a lot of officers find themselves in that position as well. And it's because of the emotional and physical drain of the job. We've actually talked on previous podcasts and, uh, you know, I have a, a, a good friend and uh, was my senior chaplain at the Austin Police Department, Rick Randall. And, and when we present on officer health and wellness, that's one of the topics that he hits on is the, 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 the lifestyle of police officers that at work, we are absolute type A personalities, go get them going 100 miles an hour. But the second we cross the threshold into our home, we fall into our lounge chairs and we just really don't feel like doing anything. And that's just the, the demands of the job. And, uh, and that's where, again, people fall into those, uh, those unhealthy coping mechanisms at times. So um, just if you would take your, your experiences of becoming this ultra athlete and this, this triathlete and how what what lessons or what thoughts do you have for those listening to the podcast um just about how that has affected you and and just how they can approach their health and wellness you know given the insight you have from how you approach it well i i think it's really important to stay active and and if active is walking or hiking running or biking whatever it is i think active is important i i think you know, if you exercise and try to make that a part of your daily routine, I, I think we're all healthier. Uh, and and my goal, I want to, I want to live a long, healthy life. I, I do not want to retire and and then have health problems and health challenges. And with that being said, you know these the big races. And one of the reasons I moved to the shorter distance on the Ironman is because I I do recognize that you can wear out your knees, you can have hip problems if you don't you know, if you don't take care of yourself and a lot of it's self-care. And I, I really believe that. And I, I believe that physically, I believe it, it when it comes to nutri nutrition. And I also believe that when it comes to your interactions socially, you know, it, and like you said, it's, it's easy to kind of withdraw from the world and not want to get out there. And, you know, I had, when the kids were young, you, you're forced to be at events. You know, your, your, your children are at events. You go to the ball games, you, you talk to people, you have more interactions. But you know, when my kids got to the age that they were moving on with their lives and moving out of the house, I was losing a lot of those interactions. And I've always been the kind of person that if I want to avoid something, I try to face it head on. So the getting out and doing the, the exercise and the races and being around people, you know, when I felt myself withdrawing from the world, that's just something that I decided I wanted to stay engaged because uh, it's, it's so easy to, like you said, come home and, and just not want to leave and shut the world out. Uh, but I, I do like the social aspect of being active in the community. I, 
you know, when the kids were younger and I was a younger troop, I did ran law camps and, and it was just great to kind of bring law enforcement, uh, the law enforcement world into people's lives that otherwise wouldn't have contact. And so I do think that, you know, getting out and facing things that maybe make you a little uncomfortable is better than letting you avoid it. Cause I, I think if you avoid it one day and then you avoid it the next day, you kind of start sliding down that hill where, you know, you're avoiding so many things that you're just not really living your best life. So it, it's both interesting and I think inspirational to hear you talk about, you know, for self-care, you realized that, you know, the demands of running the 140.6 are such that you decided to drop down to the, the 70.3 triathlon, which is in most people's mind, something that is not even achievable on their best day. But you talked earlier about how you build them, you you build yourself up to that. You just go mile by mile, and uh, it seems as I, I'm sensing a theme as as you and I speak that that's how you've kind of a, approached your life because you have not only had a very successful 28 year career uh, with the Indiana State Police, but you have you know successfully raised four children to become you know as we talked the other day just great adults. And then when you completed that task, you didn't take the time to sit down and relax. You decided it was time to start engaging in these ultra marathons and triathlons. So what, how do you balance that? Because the training schedule to prepare for these ultra events, I can only imagine how demanding and time consuming it is. So how do you balance the demands of your career Still being a mother, obviously to your children, although they're adults, uh, you know we always need our moms, but uh, but also the the training demands to to be the athlete that you are today. Well, it's it's time management, which I think is is something that we all we all struggle with. There's just not enough hours in the day, and sometimes I say I need two of me. I need one of me to do everything on the farm and at the house, and the other one to go to work. But unfortunately, we haven't been able to manage that yet. But it's time management on the races, you know, training load. I was looking at like 10 to 12 weeks or 10 to 12 hours per week. So that's about, you know, you'd go in like with the group I traveled with or trained with, we'd go in the morning and swim for an hour. And then in the afternoon, either we'd run or ride. And then you would do that kind of Monday through Friday. And you just kind of balance that, that need. And there's times that I, you know, needed, I miss workouts because of work or, the, or different things like that, but I, I never beat myself up over it. You know, I'm not a super competitive out athlete, meaning I'm not one of those that has to place uh, in the race. And, and it's not that I couldn't, but that takes such a higher level of training if you want to be truly competitive in your age group. So I, I, some, somewhat moderation, I would say it was, I would train enough to be able to finish the race and feel good. You know, we were traveling to places, so you you do the race, and then that night you'd go out to eat, and the next day you'd go traveling around the city or the state and check things out and enjoy and embrace the the culture where you were at. So I, you know, you can you can overdo things with training, and, and there's some people that that train many more hours than I do, and and you know run the races much faster, but. I'm more in experiencing the race and, and ex- looking around and just taking in where we're at and just enjoying the fact that I am healthy enough and I am active enough that I am doing things that maybe not everybody does, but I'm experiencing a section of or part of life 
that just makes you feel alive. So it's interesting because it's it's the old adage of right stop and and enjoy the moment you know stop and smell the roses and you do that even throughout the racing but we've talked about all of the things that you know that you have accomplished um, throughout your career throughout raising children becoming this ultra athlete but you shared with me the other day that uh, here in the spring of this year you received, you know, news of, of, of a life-altering condition and you have tackled that with the, the same vigor that you seem to have tackled everything else in your life. So um, you, you were willing to talk about this. And so I think that, uh, again, this is something that I think is both informative and inspirational to those listening to the podcast about how you approached that uh, life-changing diagnosis that you received back in the spring of uh, this year. Yes, yes, Brian. I um, always have done annual physicals and, and, you know, completed that kind of medical work. Um, And so this year when I went for my annual physical and and then, of course, followed up with the mammogram, uh, they found uh, breast cancer and was diagnosed with that in the spring and then had the, um, you know, looked at our our treatment options and decided that the uh, mastectomy, a double mastectomy is what the best course of treatment was for me. So I had that surgery done on May 3rd, uh, the reconstruction part of that on May 4th. And then I have uh, was off for the summer. I mean, it's not that it wasn't challenging. And it's kind of that one day at a time, one hour at a time. And, and you know, the recovery from, from that process it was very, very challenging. I would never say it wasn't. It was, it was probably the absolute worst thing that I've ever experienced in my life. But I'm on the other side. Um, I am lucky enough that I am cancer free. And as, as of this week, to be honest, Monday, I did my firearms qualifications. Yesterday I did my emergency driving. I'm back to full duty and just driving forward. If that is not an indication of, of, again, not just, just your character, but your, your, your commitment to being well and just how you've approached everything in life. Here you've gone from the spring of this year to we're just wrapping up the summer and you have already gone through the entire treatment and you have already got yourself back in a condition where you can be back at work. I mean, that in and of itself is inspirational. Thank you for listening to Officer Wellness with Brian Manley. We hope you enjoyed it and will subscribe to future episodes. For information on how off-duty management can reduce agency off-duty job expenses, increase reporting and accountability, and provide liability coverage to officers with our no-cost solution, visit offdutymanagement.com.